I'm Avery Smith, and you're listening to Blessed Are the Binary Breakers, a multi-faith podcast of transgender stories. Welcome to the first short episode of October. In a moment, you'll be treated to another clip from the conversation I had with Andy Thornton a couple months ago. You can learn more about Andy, who is a queer Quaker in England, in August's episode. The clip for today is all about Andy's research into the exclusion experienced by bi and trans persons, not only in Christian spaces, but also in LGBT spaces. As I was listening back to this conversation I had with Andy, I kept thinking about the TV show Pose. If you haven't watched Pose yet, you should. It is simply phenomenal. It explores the New York City Black and Latine ballroom culture of the late 1980s and early 90s. And don't worry, I won't spoil too much of it, but I want to share a couple of the show's scenes with you all that I feel relate to Andy's research. So, one of the main characters of Pose is Blanca Evangelista, a trans woman who at the start of the show decides that she wants to be the mother of her own house. She begins to take in anyone in the community who needs a home. And Blanca is just about my favorite character in anything ever because she is all about solidarity, about building her people up instead of allowing infighting or division to tear them down. Blanca has experienced firsthand what it is like to be insulted by her fellow trans women for supposedly not passing well enough as a woman, but she doesn't believe in likewise mistreating members of her own community. Instead, she wants to work to make a better world for her children, the trans and gay folks that she's brought into her house. In the second episode of the show, one way Blanca tries to do that is by taking on a gay bar that only serves white gay men, excluding all other members of the LGBT community. While Blanca's friends, who are also black and Latina trans women, ask her why she is taking on a fight that she cannot win, Blanca insists that these are the fights worth fighting. When the manager of the gay bar tries to get her to leave, she demands to know, how could you discriminate against me in my own community? He admits that the LGBT community of New York City is segregated by race and also by gender and based on whether someone is cis or trans. When Blanca and her friends are removed from the bar, Lulu explains to Blanca, Everybody needs somebody to make themselves feel superior. That line ends with us, though. This shit runs downhill, past the women, the blacks, latins, gays, until it reaches the bottom and lands on our kind. White gay men experience oppression from the straight members of their world, and in turn, they find people whom they can discriminate against and exclude. 
And unfortunately, this kind of exclusion in our own LGBT community is not something we left behind in the 90s. Andy's research focuses on one way that we exclude one another, and that's how bi and trans persons are often made to feel like they don't belong in LGBT spaces, in similar ways to the exclusion that they face in Christian spaces. So let's get into the conversation. Yeah, so I, as I said, I'm a sociologist. I've done, um, as my dissertation research, I interviewed 17 people um, for like on average over an hour um, who were queer or Christian or mm-hmm. both. There, there were like, there are some issues with the sampling, like it, you know, it's still a pretty basic piece of research, but it was really interesting and really good. Um, and I think for me, it was, uh, I like, I, I kept a self-reflective journal and I it was very much kind of trying to look at where my experience is universal because as a, mm-hmm. as a trans and bi person and a like strong Christian, what I found mm-hmm. was that the, the gays don't want me and the Christians don't want me. Yeah. And also that the the kind of cliquey like nature of Christianity and of queerness were very similar. Like those groups are really similar, but everyone mm. thinks they're very different. Yeah, um, both have that like really tight knit mm. community that feels great if you're on the inside, but is really awkward if you're trying to get in. <laughs> yes, but I think um, yeah. Do you want me to talk about what I found? Yes, please, please okay. do. So it was so in- it was so interesting um, because there were just so many explicit uh, links between the two. Mm-hmm. So so basically, both groups, both so I did it in the context of like student churches and CU, and then mm-hmm. um, LGBT student societies, and then like the kind of wider community around that, mm-hmm. um, and. I mean, first of all, there's like the the unbelievable amount of homophobia in Christian unions across the country is just terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you knew that already. Um, <laughs> and then, obviously, I also don't have to tell you about the uh, you know discrimination within the LGBT community, like no fats, no femmes, no Asians, and like all of the yeah. kind of problematic yeah. anti-bi rhetoric mm-hmm. within that mm-hmm. as well. So. That was the kind of context, but um, the most explicit, so it was all kind of within like interaction and labeling and like the way that people spoke to each other that signified you are not welcome here. Mm -hmm. Um, The worst forms of that, so there was one Christian and one um, queer person who had both just been ignored when they'd gone, like people had physically like not spoken to them when they tried to speak. Ouch. Oh. Which is just horrific. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And then there was kind of stuff like people would stand together as a group or a, a big one was um, people would say, would talk about an identity that that person identified with. And yes. Like, oh, yeah. but not you. Uh, you know, so like, oh, like all men are scum, but not you. But <laughs> or, not you. You're you the know? exception. Doesn't that make you feel so good? Mm. Um, mm. And then with 
you know, with Christianity, there was, there was just so much like virtue signaling both in the queer community and in Christianity. So in Christianity, it was, um, you know, putting on your Instagram, like, Oh, just went on an hour long walk with Jesus. You have all these people who are like, I, I don't do that. I'm a bad Christian. Yeah. I'm a bad Christian. Yeah. Oh. And then with, um, the queer communities, it was like how you dress and your aesthetics. So, mm. you know, one person who actually was on the committee said to me, you know, I, I felt like I had to, I dyed my hair pink and got a nose ring. Like that kind of, I have to fit in. I have to be, be part of this to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And then you had obviously people who were part of both groups. Mm-hmm. Although a lot of the time I was talking to people who were part of both groups and had left one or the other. Okay. A lot of the research I found as well, like there's not much research in this, but that, that I could find mm-hmm. was saying, you know, they're presented both in secular in LGBT and in Christian communities. It's all presented as mutually exclusive. You cannot be religious Mm -hmm. and queer. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something I've experienced as well. People are always like, Oh, so are you not that religious then? (laughs) (laughs) Because surely you can't be if you're trans. Right. Of course Um, not. And one of the most heartbreaking things somebody said, which I've got as like a, a little quote at the start of it is, um, you know, they'd never felt that they, they'd been told that they didn't look gay and that they didn't feel like enough for the queer community. Mm-hmm. And then they also felt that in the Christian community, they were like, you know, I, I'm not enough and I'm sick and tired of being made to feel like I'm not enough. It's not good for yeah. my mental health. It's, it, it, you know, it's horrible. So you had people who, who just felt excluded from everywhere. But I think the most alarming thing that I found was that, people internalized it so there was all of these kind of rhetorics around um extroversion and introversion so all of the in-group extroverts and all of the out-group oh well it's it's just because i'm an introvert or oh it's just because i have anxiety like you know yes they like totally didn't talk to me and i did actually try and reach out to them and they just ignore my message but it's like probably my fault and so oh many people were saying yes. like, oh, you know, it's just my fault. It's like, and if I'm yeah. sure like I did make loads and loads of effort and try really hard, I'm sure they would let me in. And it's just like, mm. this is terrible because this should be a place that you're just accepted. Yeah. You shouldn't have to make effort that forces you to change who you are or to quiet certain parts of yourself yeah. or put on a front to assimilate. Oh no. And I'm totally guilty of that. So like you <laughs> naming that. You like literally like I'm thinking of times when I have blamed myself for 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 struggling to get heard and like be like join in on conversations. Yeah. Um, Another one for me, and I wonder if you feel this too around being trans, especially being like non-binary. When Mm -hmm. I get misgendered, I'll often blame myself. Like it's such Mm -hmm. it's like we learn how to victim blame ourselves. Where I'll be like. Well, of course that person called me she. Look at how I'm dressed. Of course yes. she thinks I'm a girl. Yes. Like, I do yeah. that so often. When I visit churches, I always feel the need, like if I visit a new church to dress really masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. Birth, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, otherwise how could they know? And it was actually really refreshing. Um, so for people who obviously can't see me, I'm wearing a dress today. 
And I didn't even think about it because obviously you are also trans. I just came on the call and was like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's not going to invalidate my identity to you. It's delightful. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that's why like having like sanctuary spaces where it's all people who just get it is so life-giving. Like, absolutely. I want to be, I want us to be able to be accepted and affirmed everywhere. Yes. Um, But while people continue to oppress and exclude us, we're going to go and find places where we can just be ourselves because, yeah. yeah. And I think it's, it's something that I've been thinking about so much more recently because, Mm -hmm. um, so as I mentioned, I've recently um, broken up with my partner of like three years um, Mm -hmm. who defines himself as straight, but you know, Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. Um, (laughs) I, I did always feel um, because our relationship would be viewed as like a air quotes straight relationship. I always felt this need to kind of deeply overcompensate and be really like a cis man. Uh, (laughs) Hello fellow dudes. (laughs) Hello. I am a guy. Um, Whereas actually like, you know, all of my style icons are extremely effeminate. I like wearing about six different patterns at once. I love pink. Yes. And, you know, so that's really tricky. And if possible, when I go outside, you know, I would love to be viewed as an extremely feminine, non-binary gay man. Mm. But sadly, that is not how I am viewed. But I think there's, I think the secular community, but also like in a big way, the LGBT community have a real problem of being like, oh, well, if you're trans, you have to be like this. Yeah. Yeah. And so like for me as well, I for ages like so I've got a really large chest. For ages I was like, oh, I should get top surgery. But mm-hmm. it never really quite sat right with me. Like when I looked at pictures, I was like, that doesn't look like me. And like mm. now I've kind of got to the point where I'm I'm gonna be getting a breast reduction. I'm really excited about it and it very much like you know, yeah, having like a tiny chest. Yeah, is yeah. is perfect for me. But I think for so long I didn't realize that that was an option because there's this kind of very narrow presentation within the trans community of like this is what we do. Yeah, we put each other in boxes, and it's really like it's so it's so sad. I know because like the like we get shoved into boxes, and we know how that feels, and then we do it to each other, and it's like yes. kind of like how do we learn better? How do we learn not to, to perpetuate our own oppression on each other? Like, yeah, it's what so would it take? To not, to not internalize it and then to not die out. And I think this is what I, really upset me um, when doing my research, because it's like, you know, marginalized people should know not to marginalize people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think for those of us who have a faith background, like I think of stories in the Bible, like, there's so many figures in the Bible who their society tries to shove them into boxes and they just, God breaks them out of there. I've um, actually been um, doing as part of the chaplaincy stuff um, that my uni mm-hmm. does morning prayer. So church of England produce like a morning prayer mm-hmm. sheet, I guess. And we've been going through it on zoom and we've been reading about um, David and Saul so David, the classic bi-icon from the Old Testament. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and 
there's like it, it keeps happening that Saul comes to kill David and David mm-hmm. has the opportunity to kill Saul and instead like mm-hmm. cuts off a bit of his coat or steals his water jar and then it's like yes. no I'm not gonna kill you and I yes. think for me I found that amazing because I think it's so easy when the world takes so much of your energy and is so negative and discriminatory and oppressive it's so easy to think oh well that's just how the world works and like i just have to be like that too but actually you know the story of david shows that actually if you live your life with love and you try and be open and you make sure that you accept others and as you say like don't fall into internalizing the patriarchal norms and just repeating them that actually god honors that yeah and it's very much like we can't let our pain and trauma and bitterness warp us into the monsters they think that we are yes like saul is trying to kill david because saul is convinced that david's coming after him for his throne and all of that and david you're like he just repeatedly is like nah dude exactly um Going back to your research, did did we get to like all your findings? Have we <laughs> we've gone on this tangent? So have we have we covered all of that? Because I do love it so much. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, so the the main the only main difference between the two groups was, um, like obviously, like the online community was much more um, like aesthetically and socially kind of influencing the mm. queer people especially because so many queer people were like oh yeah i wasn't sure if i was queer and then i found tumblr or like you know that i went yeah, yeah um but the problem with that is you know before you've had the opportunity to meet different people you've seen oh this is what a lesbian looks like this is what a gay man yes. looks like and mm-hmm. so that was a big thing but then i think more and more now like christianity is starting to do the same with Mm. like this kind of Instagram Christian Hillsong thing. And I think that Mm -hmm. the other thing was, you know, like obviously people, people form their own groups. So I've been very binary in the way that I've, I've discussed this, but obviously there was a group of people um, who I interviewed who were both and Mm -hmm. they were part of this group called faith safe, which was like, it wasn't explicitly queer, but it was like a, a Christian a uh, group where you could go and ask any question and be any person and that was fine but like the two of them were part of that and they'd found that so helpful and so brilliant and in a similar way it was yeah. really interesting talking to people in the uh lgbt society because they were like oh yeah like the trans people have made a clique and they're really exclusionary mm, and yeah And the the person who wasn't trans was saying like, you know, nobody minds because everyone's like, that's totally fair. But also, Mm -hmm. you know, it is that thing of when you're so used to not being normal, you will take opportunities to be normal. And if that means excluding Mm -hmm. other people, Mm -hmm. you know, it gets tricky. Oh, yeah. And it is like, how do we balance building communities that are like only for like for us because we share an impression and it feels safer to just be together like how do we balance that and also being like okay but we can't live in there we have to like go outward and keep like drawing the circle wider and inviting like more people in yeah Um, absolutely and also 
you know, it's so important not to gatekeep because the mm-hmm. people who we think are outsiders might not be, you know? Like, yes, yes. If we say, yes. oh, sorry, you can't come in, you're not trans. What if they're trans? Yeah. <laughs> Personally, for me, the most emotionally changing thing, I mean, okay, like the, the CU committee members just very calmly said to me about how, you know, being trans isn't real and homosexuality is a sin. And then two sentences yeah. later were like, but it's really important that like, you know, queer people know that they're fully accepted in the church. And it's hmm. like, uh, uh, what? Because they were yeah. very young, cool, nice people. Uh, so that was hard. But the, the best part was there was a bi guy who was talking a lot about how he is actually like kind of not to the extent of not non-binary but like you know excitingly gendered and or kind of <laughs> I like that yeah I always go for I'm exciting I'm excitingly gendered excitingly gendered I love that <laughs> <laughs> um but he was saying you know I find it really difficult because I'm always in these queer spaces and it's a whole load of um queer women like mm-hmm. bonding by shitting on men mm, and i just yes. feel like if i was exactly the same person but not a guy i would be so yeah. much more accepted mm-hmm. and for me that was really revolutionary to hear because for so long i have felt like if i was exactly the same person but born a guy that i would be accepted into this whole kind of mm. glorious like feminine gay male community mm-hmm that I've always mm-hmm. felt a part of, but also excluded from. Mm-hmm. And I think hearing him talk just made me realize it's not me, <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. It's not me. If you find yourself pushed out of a space that should embrace you, it is not your fault. It's not on you. Thank you, Andy, for sharing your research and insights with all of us. In the last episode of Season 1 of Pose, our heroine Blanca finds that one of her fellow trans women, one who has hurt and insulted Blanca over and over again in the past, has come upon hard times. This woman expects Blanca to rub it in her face, but instead Blanca invites her to come stay with her house until she can get back on her feet. After all, Blanca says, none of us win when one of us gets beat down. That is the kind of support and solidarity we all need to show for one another. Pushing each other out, shoving each other down, only helps our oppressors. That's why I'm thankful for research like Andy's that helps us highlight the problems we need to confront within our own communities. Because only if we acknowledge that there is a problem can we act to make things right. Friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please take just a short minute to review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or post about it on social media if it's safe for you to do so, or share it with someone in your life who might like it. And if you have the means to offer some financial support, hop on over to patreon.com slash queerlychristian. As always, I extend my gratitude to my current incredible patrons, including the wonderful Willow Hovink, Ron Hartzler, Adrian, and Jay Gebner. Thank you. 
One project that I've been able to start up this past month, thanks to your generosity, is a new website where I'll be compiling some of the liturgy and poetry that I've written over the years. The liturgy aims to use affirming and inclusive language for people, and expansive, genderful language for God. Check it out at binarybreakingliturgy.com. And finally, if you are trans and or non-binary or excitingly gendered, as Andy put it, and you want to come on this show and talk about gender and faith and all of that stuff with me, let me know at queerlychristian36 at gmail.com. Y'all will hear from me in just a couple weeks for the second short episode of October, which will be on interfaith stuff. In the meantime, dear friends, Go break some binaries and be a blessing to the world with your life.